This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Travis Wright. Thank you so much for joining us. As part of WDET's special series examining the effects of Detroit's unprecedented bankruptcy one year later, we brought in a couple esteemed guests to get a boots-on-the-ground take on just how residents are reacting to changes in city services, namely trash and snow removal. From the north end to southwest, our guests will tell you that while these facets of the bankruptcy were overshadowed by cuts to pensions and the threat to pieces in the collection at the Detroit Institute of Arts, they have a deep effect on the day-to-day life in the city of Detroit. Joining us now, representing the 6th District in the state legislature, Representative Stephanie Chang. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Also, Executive Director of the Osborne Neighborhood Alliance, Quincy Jones. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. We have some of downtown and southwest represented in the studio right now, and of course, the northeast side as well. So we can dig into some of these issues that have been affecting Detroit for years, hopefully addressed throughout the bankruptcy proceedings. A lot of promises made, plans put into place post-bankruptcy. And uh, what we're going to dig into here specifically are trash pickup. And then we're also, because, hey, we're just a few weeks away, we're going to get into snow removal as well. Stephanie, let's start with you and your district and also just as a resident here in the city. Just prior to bankruptcy, let's lay the groundwork there. If we're looking at 2012, what were some of the issues that were facing the community? Yeah, well, I think there was a lot of concern that bulk pickup hadn't necessarily been happening the way that it was supposed to be before some of the changes were made. So I live in Lafayette Park, and um, so I have a little bit of an advantage in that um, we have a co-op, and I put the trash away, and I know that it eventually it'll get taken away by the folks that we contract with, but that's a unique situation in the city of Detroit. But in talking with a number of folks in Southwest, um, there previously had been a lot of uncertainty when the trash is going to get picked up. My trash has been there for a very long time. When is the bulk pickup? No one ever knew if it was going to happen or on the scheduled day, was it going to actually happen? So we talked about regularity, confidence Mm -hmm. in that it's going to happen. And of course, scheduling regarding the bulk trash pickup, which here in the city of Detroit, sadly, often leads to illegal dumping. Um, in, In my experience, and I think it's really interesting to have you both here today. In my experience, what I've heard talking to people in the city and uh, also uh, people in the business, unfortunately, some of the dumping that takes place. For instance, we can look at tires. Mm -hmm. You can find piles of tires, countless tires all across the city of ours. Well, there's a lot of smaller mom and pop tire shops and mechanics who, if they want to dispose of their tires properly, it comes at quite a cost that Mm -hmm. some of the big guys like Bell Tire can afford because they're a larger corporation, so they can afford to properly dispose of their tires. But the corner mom and pop tire shop really can't. And what I've heard is that in the Northeast side, Quincy, where you are, then you fill up a truck and you find somewhere down in southwest Detroit, the district that you represent, Stephanie, and vice versa. If you are a tire shop or a mechanic in southwest and you have tires to dispose of, you don't do that in your own backyard. You fill up a truck and you drive across town to uh, Osborne or somewhere like that and find a vacant lot to dump your tires. It makes no sense for anybody, and it definitely has to do with a lot of the blight, a lot of the trash pickup here in the city. we got to address that. Quincy, you know, just before bank What were some of the realities regarding trash pickup that your neighborhood had to deal with? I think the biggest thing was around the bulk pickup. Um, I think individuals, you put stuff out and just sat there. And by sitting there, it had little babies. So more stuff started growing, you know. I think the regular pickup as far as your your normal trash can, that was happening. But the bulk pickup was really a big issue. 
and you didn't notice a lot of trash throughout throughout the neighborhood and the tires. I think the biggest issue was going on that it was not consistent. I think people were afraid that once we come out of bankruptcy, what would it look like now? You know, will our trash get picked up on a regular basis or will it continue to, to, uh, to be the same? So the really big piece was really just this bulk pickup and this trash just sitting out there. And people just assumed nothing would happen, even if you wasn't thinking about illegal dumping. Right. If you saw it out there, you're going to still just put your stuff out there because it, it would just grow overnight. And I so think that's really fascinating the way that you said these bulk pieces kind of give birth to these little babies of trash. You said mm-hmm. the old couch that gets right. put on the curb, someone comes along and puts you know their trash bag yeah. on the curb, or, mm-hmm. right, and then, and then it grows. Uh, what are some of the implications that you've also seen from the lack of bulk pickup? What are the effects that has? Yeah, I think that you're, Quincy's right, and, and you're right, Travis. I think it's a combination of the blight combined with the issues with the bulk pickup up add to even more flight and mm-hmm. even more illegal dumping. I mean, it was still, obviously this is still going on in some areas, but I think it's being addressed a little bit more now. Um, but when someone knows there's an abandoned house on that street down there and no one lives there, so I'm going to just take my stuff and dump it in the backyard and hope that no one sees me, or even if they do, they probably won't be able to do anything about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's probably still a little bit of that is going on, in, in at least I know that it's going on in certain parts of my district, but at least is being addressed a little bit more yeah. now. What were some of the conversations that you had with people in the city as soon as bankruptcy started regarding this service in particular? You know, what were some of the the plans, the promises made that were going to remedy or that were supposed to remedy trash pickup? I think for us, we were, for organization, we were just looking at, okay, how can we kind of step up our game mm. despite all of the challenges the city was going through? Because at one point, you know, during that uh, transition, the city really shut down. You know, and so we stepped up as an organization and said, you know what, we're going to just um, get dollars to do trash removal, get dollars to do board ups, you know, because at that time you really feel as if you're uh, kind of like out there by yourself, mm. you know. And so we really stepped up. We did a small portion of it, you know, but at least that was an effort to let people know that we are still here and trying to uh, to clean up. I think doing the whole transition, the big piece was really around that pension piece. I mean, they talked about about that a lot. And so for us as an organization in the community, we said that we're just going to just step up and make sure that we're just doing our part to keep the neighborhood clean. Yeah, whatever holes are existing, what can right. you do to try to fill them? Right. It takes a community to do that. Stephanie, throughout bankruptcy, when it started, when the proceedings started happening, what were you hearing in terms of the way that some of the plans that were going to come out of bankruptcy could potentially affect your district? I think that a lot of the conversation was, okay, well, how do we deal with the financial situation and what's that impact going to be on city services, but also what's it, what is it going to be on for the workers? So most of the conversation that I had with folks were, you know, conversations with retirees, so sort of a different angle than what you're talking about. Um, and obviously that was the piece that I think got the most attention in the media. And, and I think actually rightly so, you know, mm-hmm. for folks who've dedicated their lives to working for the city. But yeah, no, I think that there, it was an open question. People knew that things needed to get better and wanted to know how is it going to get better and what are the details and how's it going to work in my neighborhood so i think the big piece well it was all huge but the big piece was really around these districts and breaking these districts down and you have, and you have access to your uh, city council prior to it was kind of like all at large you feel as if if i went to someone the response would be really really slow and so i think that was a big seller too for 
I know the new charter, people trying to explain how this district will work. Um, so that kind of got pe- people excited. And I think even now, if you see it now, you get, for, uh, for us, Scott Benson is our city councilman. Right. And he's awesome. I mean, he's in the community, um, and you can see him, you can touch him, um, and kind of get a sense of response and things happening. So that was, a, to me, that was one of the biggest change that uh, we're seeing in our district. Does that ring true, do you think, for you as well, it, Stephanie? It does, yeah. And I don't know if it was necessarily a result of the bankruptcy, but it was as a result of the new charter and the Mayor Duggan's administration. And I definitely think it has been positive. I serve at the state level, but now um, I have two great city council uh, members in different parts of my district, uh, Raquel Castellano-Lopez and Mary Sheffield, and I have great relationships with both of them. So it's really nice to know when people call our office, we can, in the case of Raquel, literally, we, we share a district office so we can just pass the phone to the next door and then uh, our district managers and both of those districts have been really really wonderful and so it's nice to be able to take that collaborative approach and to know that no matter who calls who we'll be able to kind of figure out if it's a state issue then I can help take care of it or if it's a city issue I'm able to get it over to the right person who's the right person to call is like half the battle for us you know navigating that can be uh, well it's much easier now than it was before but imagine for just any an everyday resident I mean, yeah. it's very confusing before, and now um, I think that residents are able to get better access to city services, whether it be the district manager or a district office of their council member or um, an app on their phone, just information being more readily available or a much easier to navigate website. You know, there's so many mm-hmm. things that have improved. So, One of the things that was made apparent during the bankruptcy proceedings was that trash pickup in the city of Detroit, as existed, was no longer going to be able to exist. Kevin Orr, you know, he wanted to do some private contracts. Of course, the unions were pretty upset about that. Uh, Not sure if the drivers and employees of these companies were seeking the same benefits and salaries that they were getting, looking out for their brethren there within the job. But nonetheless, it still went forth. It still happened. There are two companies that are being contracted. One is based in Florida. One is based right here in Macomb County. Mm -hmm. So let's close out the first chapter of this conversation regarding trash pickup in the city of Detroit. Since the city has entered into contracts with these two organizations, and it's been a year since bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are we seeing? You know, has this plan worked out from what you're hearing from your constituents mm-hmm. and from what you're hearing from your fellow community members? Quincy, does this seem to be working out? Yeah, I haven't heard any issues. I mean, on a personal level and on a professional level, I haven't heard anyone complain about the trash not being picked up. I even heard praises like this is working on um, the book pickup has really been really praised. Well, it was quarterly before. Right. Yeah. And they're supposed to go to bi weekly was in the original bankruptcy plan. I'm not sure if that's it, what's happening. And it's happening. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, re- I actually remember like the, the a few weeks after they switched to, to Rizzo and, and the other company. But I, I have Rizzo in my entire district. But I remember people just being so happy that their trash was being picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I know that there were a lot of concerns about the privatization and mm-hmm. I shared a little bit of that concern, but I think the people wanted that end goal of having their trash sure. picked up and knowing that there would be some reliability mm-hmm. and so I've heard mostly good things. I have heard a few in a couple of different neighborhoods, sometimes just like things were a little bit off schedule, mm-hmm. um, but then eventually it get picked up and so there was still sometimes like when it, when is it going to get picked up, but, um, but at least people know who to call and get mm-hmm. it figured out. 
Um, and then sometimes people would just forget, you know, what day it was that, right. that it was going to happen. So that's just also people not remembering. Um, but I think that overall um, definitely seems to have improved a lot. Recycling um, so. opportunities uh, w- yeah. was something that was also supposed to be expanded under the new plan. Has that also happened? So what I'm seeing in certain parts on, on the east side, I've seen a lot of the blue garbage pails go out. But it's a fee. I think it's $25 mm-hmm. to get mm. that the uh, recycled been. And so that may be a challenge, um, mostly just probably a financial challenge. That could be cost prohibitive yeah, to a yeah. lot of residents, for sure. But, but, it, but the access is there. It's just getting that bin, that the $25. So I believe that could be a hindrance from what my residents are saying. Yeah, same thing. I do think people are starting to realize that we can do the recycling, and that's really wonderful. And I know um, Councilmember Castaneda Lopez would have a, had a bunch of events. I mean, she loves recycling. Uh, I know that she had a few events where it was all about promoting recycling and actually giving away recycle bin so I think wherever we can do that to make it more accessible yeah. to people um, that's really find some great. sponsorship programs yeah. or something like yeah. that no that's interesting mm-hmm. I wanted to hit on snow removal because that's something that can really cripple this city sometimes it can just shut it down it's a big city of course we have a lot of vacancy coming fresh out of bankruptcy looking at February 2015 bankruptcy is still kind of freshly closed but there February 2015 we get hit in the city of Detroit one of the snowiest storms on record and it showed immediately that we still had a long way to go when it comes to tackling snow. You know, looking at this winter, meteorologists are saying we're supposed to see a little bit of a milder, wetter winter, which could be really nice for the city of Detroit as we still start to figure out the snow plan. But let's look at it, you know, because that first snow, we all know it's weeks away now. So what were you hearing prior to bankruptcy regarding, you know, snow in the city of Detroit in these streets? I think the big piece was the side streets. I mean, of course, the major streets, but the side streets, you know, once the big streets, the major streets get plowed, yeah. it was those side streets. It was like, when are they going to come down my street? Ratchet's people, looking good, good, but if only I could get there. Right. And so that was, I mean, you heard that a lot. I mean, even now, I mean, even now you hear that with the, sli- the side streets need to be plowed. I mean, I got stuck. So I don't know what's the plan to really get to those side streets, but that was a big issue. And it still is a big issue. Yeah, same thing. And, you know, I used to live in Woodbridge um, and I just remember I lived on a specific the corner where you know I was never sure should I park on the main street where I know if it's going to get plowed I'm not going to be able to get out or should I park on the side street where it might not get plowed or should I park in the little parking lot but then I might get snowed in so it was always a question and mm-hmm. I kind of just rotated around to try to figure out the best option. So many residents have to rely on public transit as it is. And, you know, when there's a snowstorm and the streets aren't plowed, that affects public transit, which is already not the most efficient system. So it can really have a pretty deep effect on somebody's life. Are people concerned? Are you hearing any concerns at all as we start to approach the winter here? Snow is on the way. Are people seemingly concerned, not concerned about the snow this year? I haven't heard anything lately, but it might just be because we haven't seen it yet. You know, I remember when it happened, and, you know, at that time they had the district. So people were just blowing up the phone calls of, of the councilman, you know, and the district manager piece just kicked in as well, too. And so I think people felt like, OK, my street is not plowed. So now let me contact these individuals who I know can get it done. Yeah. And so I think that kind of gave a sense of peace, put in quotation, sense of peace that if I can call these individuals, that can help, you know, move the process along. But, like, you haven't heard any people saying, I'm afraid, or yet, I think once it happens, we'll see. 
And finally, you know, if you were to give the city of Detroit a scorecard coming out of bankruptcy, just regarding some of the things that we talked about in terms of what they said they were going to do for trash and what's happened, what they said that they're going to do for snow and what's happened, what would be your score on the on the E to A scale? How do you grade the city of Detroit post-bankruptcy? Okay, are we starting with a pre-bankruptcy? Are we assuming um, an F <laughs> or a D or... Let's say D minus. Okay. All right, pre- pre-bankruptcy... Weighing in at a D minus. Where are we now? Yeah, yeah, I think we're somewhere around like a a B minus or B. Yeah, I agree. So that's a hell of an improvement. Oh, I think yeah. any teacher would agree, yeah. but still some room for improvement. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Representing Michigan's 6th District in the state legislature, Stephanie Chang, thank you so much. Thank also, you. Executive Director of the Osborne Neighborhood Alliance, Quincy Jones, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Really Good. appreciate thank it. You. I'm Travis Wright, and you are listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. For more conversations, features, insights on our ongoing exploration of Detroit one year post-bankruptcy, visit WDET.org.